On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, two dazzling new paint colors debut in Giga Berlin, Autopilot Hardware 4 may already be shipping to Tesla from suppliers, the tiniest Tesla gets a recall, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 378 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for October 30th, 2022. As always, Daisy the Boxer is to my left. She is currently hiding a ball from herself in the couch cushions. So that's what's going on here in uh, in the McCaffrey household. Anyway, I want to start by mentioning that TeslaCon Florida was fantastic. I want to thank the organizers of the show one more time for inviting me. I will tell you more about it near the end of the show, uh, but first I want to get to all of the big Tesla news this week, and as always, there is plenty. Uh, Real quick though, I hope that all of you ludicrous tier backers and higher on my Patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which is exclusive to the ludicrous tier and up on Patreon. This one was about how I wash my car, my products, and my process. If you're curious about that or any of the other 19 lightning round mini episodes or any of the other perks that are attached to the different tiers on Patreon, you can go to my Patreon page to find out more at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All right, let's get rolling. So first up, the big story of the week, as far as I'm concerned anyway, the long promised new paint colors from Giga Berlin have finally arrived. Well, two of them at least, and obviously this is only in Europe for now. Tesla posted a video as well as photos on their social media accounts, which are Twitter and Instagram for Tesla, and they said this, Quicksilver and Midnight Cherry Red, made at Giga Berlin. Both are made from highly pigmented metallic paint designed to change depending on viewing angle and light. Our most advanced paint system yet, allowing up to 13 layers for depth, dimension, and a hand-painted look. Available in Europe and the Middle East. And Elon Musk took to Twitter to add to this, saying, quote, only Giga Berlin can make these colors, as the paint shop was specifically built to apply many fine layers of paint, giving it complexity not otherwise possible. Well, as I suspected... They are, these two new colors are replacements for their two corresponding colors. So they are not new additional choices. It will remain five color choices. It's just two of those five colors are different for European Tesla customers. I should say European Model Y customers, since the Model Y is the only Tesla vehicle being built at Giga Berlin so far. So Quicksilver... Now, you may remember that one as its code name uh, when I had previously discussed it on the podcast was Mercury Silver Multicoat. That's going to take the place of Midnight Silver Metallic. And I should note that uh, this new one, Quicksilver, will incur an additional cost if you'd like to order it, which Midnight Silver Metallic didn't in recent months. And then Midnight Cherry Red... That is the artist previously known as Deep Crimson Red, replaces what has 
arguably been the signature color of the Tesla brand, multi-coat red. And Midnight Cherry Red as well carries an extra cost attached to it. Uh, I double-checked my memory on this, and I'm pretty sure I've got this correct. These are the first new Tesla colors since, get this, the new blue and the aforementioned Midnight Silver Metallic, both of which debuted in 2015. That is seven years ago, an excruciatingly long time to go between new paint options. Or put another way, since the last time Tesla introduced new paint colors, they've launched three new vehicles, the X, the 3, and the Y. They've redesigned two vehicles, of course, the Model S and the Model X. And they have formally announced four new vehicles, the Model Y, which obviously has since come out, the Tesla Semi, which we are one month away from, the te new Tesla Roadster, and the Cybertruck. So my point here is that it has been a long, long time since Tesla has brought us some new paint color choices. So, well, some of us, again, those of you in Europe, I, I salute you, I am envious. And I have to tell you that I really do encourage you to go see the pictures and videos of these on Tesla's official channels for yourself because, I mean, paint color is subjective, right? But to me, they both appear to be gorgeous. And they are no doubt both far better looking in person when you can see them A, with your own eyes and B, under natural lighting. I mean, I can almost guarantee that these are so... Well, just the fact that these are new colors, period. But also the fact that they both appear to be such gorgeous new colors with such uh, added depth in the paint layers compared to what we get now, I'm, I would be willing to bet lunch that there will be at least one person out there, maybe in my own audience even. And if, you, if this is you, please reach out to me because I would love to follow your progress. But I can almost guarantee there's going to be at least one person out there where money is not an object, who is gonna buy one or both of these colors in Germany or somewhere in Europe, and then ship those Model Ys over here, have the charge ports swapped over to the US spec, effectively turning them into United States Model Ys, North American Model Ys, and drive them over here. And, they, and that person, somebody's gonna do it. And I would love to see those cars in person if someone does. And if they do, they're going to be something of a rock star because obviously nobody over here is going to have those colors. I have to say as well, again, I hope at this point maybe you've had a chance to pause the podcast and go look at the pictures and or videos of these two new colors. But to me, there is a, a, a more than a slight, even a strong hint of the old signature red in the Midnight Cherry Red. And now, Signature Red, if, if you're a Patreon backer and you've been listening to the Lightning Round episodes, you may remember that, I don't know, maybe a month ago, I did one of those weekly Lightning Round bonus mini episodes on ranking my all-time favorite Tesla paint colors. I ranked them from all of them, from, from best, from my favorite to my least favorite. Signature Red was my number one choice. And I, I do see a hint of signature red, a strong hint of it in the midnight cherry red. Again, if those pictures are any indication, no Siri, I'm busy doing a podcast. Uh, anyway, uh, 
I, I will add as well, I think that Midnight Cherry Red has a noticeable little bit of purple in there as well, which should differentiate it nicely, not just from the multi-coat red that it's replacing in Europe, but also from other reds out there on the market from other automakers. And I think I would describe Quicksilver as a bit lighter and brighter than the old silver metallic that we had up until actually about this time in in 2018, around the, the October, the, the fall of 2018 was when silver metallic was, uh, was sunsetted, was retired. In fact, I mean, I had to make the paint colors because th this is the thing I'm most excited about on the podcast this week. Maybe you'll like one of the other stories more, but for me, this was, this was the big story of the week. So I made this the subject of the Patreon poll this week, which again, you can, anybody can vote. You don't need to be a Patreon backer, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. I try to put the poll up every Tuesday night. Sometimes it's Wednesday. Sometimes it's Monday. Generally Tuesday night is when you can go looking for it. Anyway, I just, the poll I put out to you guys was this. Quicksilver or Midnight Cherry Red? Which of the two new Giga Berlin made Tesla paint colors would you order on your Tesla if you could? And uh, the results, I have to say, were surprising just in the sense that I didn't, I really had no idea how this poll was going to go. Paint colors are subjective, as I just said, but still, it's like, which is one of these, is it going to be like 50 50? Is one going to really edge out the other of these new ones and one in fact did and the winner was midnight cherry red 184 votes cast 57 percent of the votes went to midnight cherry red as the color that you guys would order if you could quicksilver with 33 percent and then 10 percent of respondents said i'd choose one of the other already available colors um there were a couple of good comments in here as well. Sam D, I think pretty wisely noting that saying both clearly take inspiration from Mazda colors and two of the best existing colors on the market, Sonic Silver Metallic and Soul Red. Sam, I, I could not agree more. And it's probably not a coincidence that prior to Tesla, chief designer Franz von Holzhausen was at Mazda. So it's probably, I imagine Franz has a very, very large say, if not the final say in these new paint colors that have been made available. Um, so uh, Howard Anthony Smith saying the silver stunning. I really like it, but the red is breathtakingly beautiful. If shower tiles came in that color, I would have a red shower. So uh, thank you to everybody that took the time to vote and comment on there. Now, let me keep talking about this for another couple minutes. I want to note next, with no disrespect to the Model Y, because the Model Y is the king of Teslas. It is the number one selling Tesla. It's on its way to becoming the number one selling vehicle in the world. But that said, it is a shame that these beautiful new colors are going to be stuck on the Model Y for the foreseeable future. Because both, I feel, would look stunning on the sedans in particular the S and the three picture, if you will, again, if you've had a chance to take a look at these two new colors, picture a model S plaid with its dark 21 inch arachnid wheels in that quicksilver paint job with probably a black interior. I would, I would say now picture 
a Model 3 Performance with white interior and that midnight cherry red paint job. Yes, please. Uh, I think for me, again, paint color being a personal preference, either of these two new colors would be worth the extra money the Tesla is asking for me. Also, uh, remember there, there's, I said at the top of this segment, two of the colors, because if you recall, there were three new paint colors that were originally discovered in the source code of the Tesla app. These two plus what we can now assume is a placeholder name for a new blue. And that placeholder name is Abyss Blue Multicoat, if you remember. Now that name, as I've said before, suggests to me a much darker blue, which those of you who've been around uh, the Tesla world for a while, those of you who are uh, longtime Model S owners, I'm sure there are some of you out there that own a Model S in its original blue metallic, my cousin Pat was one of those people. He loved that blue metallic, which was so dark of a blue that it, to me, looked black in, in almost any light but direct sunlight. So we'll see what Abyss Blue Multicoat is gonna be if it comes along in the next few months, or it's also possible that Tesla's decided not to move forward with that one. But I think it's, it's safe to say that there's a very, there's a, a pretty good chance that a new blue is going to come along at some point as well. But for now, we've got Quicksilver, we've got Midnight Cherry Red. Now, the next question that's no doubt on your mind is this. What about the USA? What about North America? Well, you heard Elon say in his tweet, only in Giga Berlin because of its advanced paint shop. So... Does this rule out Texas? Is I mean, Texas and Berlin, those two factories were built at the same time. Does Texas not have as advanced of a paint shop as Berlin does? I mean, I don't believe Elon's ever called Texas's paint shop out in a good way, the way that he has for Giga Berlin's. But let's just say, let's hypothetically speaking, that Texas is capable of pulling off these paint colors, these new paint colors. Well, if they were to do that out of Texas for the North American market, then Tesla would have to rethink their plan, at least to some degree, of having Giga Texas supply the eastern half of the US with Model Ys, because if a customer out here in California ordered a Midnight Cherry Red Model Y, well, obviously that car would have to be made in Austin. And even if that did come to pass, it would still mean that only the Model Y gets to wear these beautiful new colors because the Model Y is the only Tesla with paint on it that's gonna be built out of Giga Texas. Uh, although there is a little sliver of hope for those of us in North America, at least. My friend John from the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley Club asked Elon on Twitter, can we at least get another color option in the USA? And Elon chose to respond to that tweet with simply, yes. So who knows what that means or what the timeline on that might be. At least we know money is definitely not an excuse for Tesla anymore. They have piles of that. They can afford to make beautiful paint colors on their cars, but their very valid excuse 
that they do have is not being able to stop their very, very busy 24 seven, uh, seven production lines on their backlogged cars, which is all of them in order to make paint shop facility upgrades. So that is the conundrum that we face as North American Tesla owners and potential customers who would want to get our these paint colors on our cars. So I will conclude this news story by saying a big, sincere congratulations to my European listeners that are able to order one of these cars, one of these two new paint colors. And if you do, if you have one of these cars coming, please do me a favor, send me pictures when you get your car and your impressions of the paint job itself, both the, both the quality of the paint job and the color, you know, send me, I would love to hear what you think of these two new colors if you're getting one. And then we will cross our fingers together that the other three Teslas can uh, soon get in on this new paint color action sooner rather than later. Next up this week, Tesla Hardware 4 is gonna use five megapixel cameras with production and shipments to Tesla perhaps already started. This story comes via Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, the news comes from a reliable source, one of Tesla's suppliers in China, Lianchuang Electronic Technology Company Limited. I hope I pronounced that reasonably close. My apologies if I did not. A question was recently asked on the company's investor platform. They're talking about uh, the aforementioned Chinese company, the supplier. The question was recently asked on the company's investor platform if they will be providing their five megapixel cameras to Tesla after they switched to Tesla Vision. In response, a company official stated, quote, the company's vehicle lens business has a good momentum of development and the hardware for platform vehicle lens has begun mass production and shipment. That's in a, chi- a, cha- a translation, pardon me, from Chinese. Although it wasn't specifically mentioned in the response, the lack of a denial that the cameras will be five megapixels all but confirms the specifications. It also is in line with reports from earlier this year that Tesla had secured a deal for five megapixel cameras. In the current configuration, Tesla uses cameras with a resolution of 1280 by 960 or about 1.2 megapixels. So it would be a major upgrade over the current cameras. Thank you, Drive Tesla Canada. Well, we still don't have the full picture on hardware four, but what we know, or at least strongly suspect with evidence at this point, gives us reason to be seriously optimistic about the next step in Tesla's quest for autonomous driving. Because if we've got cameras that are over four times higher resolution than the current ones, well, that's awesome. We also strongly suspect, based on the findings from our white hat Tesla hacker friend, Green the Only, that I've previously shared with you, that radar is not only coming back, but it's going to be a high definition radar. So will hardware four also add more cameras, which would most likely be at the front of the car? That part remains to be seen, but we also know for certain that the new FSD computer referred to as FSD computer two by Tesla back at autonomy day in 2019 will be a custom piece of silicon, much like the current FSD computer is now 
and we can very safely assume that it's going to be much, much more powerful than the Hardware 3 computer that we've got in our cars now. So the worst case scenario is that all of this debuts in mid-2023 in the Cybertruck, and probably at least the S and the X as well at that same time. So it's entirely possible that it shows up sooner though, maybe in only the S and the X, maybe in all four Teslas. So that's, we don't know the status of that yet. And here's another possibility. The Tesla semi-truck that Pepsi is getting the first deliveries of on December 1st, maybe those have hardware four in them. Now, I don't think that's particularly likely since there's a reasonable probability that Autopilot will not be available from a software perspective on the Tesla Semi right out of the gate. But it also might be. The reason that I express any sort of pessimism there with regard to semi-truck Autopilot being available right on December 1st for Pepsi is that Tesla has literally said nothing about Autopilot on the Semi since the unveiling, the, the original product unveiling five years ago this November, like this, this coming month. So hopefully we're gonna get that answer and many more answers about the Tesla Semi on December 1st. In fact, I was just talking to Lawton from Chicago about this. We had our, uh, our monthly one-on-one -on -one Patreon call because Lawton's uh, very generously at the Roadster in Space tier, so he gets a one-on-one -on -one with me every month. And we had a conversation about this. Is, is the December 1st event where Tesla hands over the Tesla semi-trucks to Pepsi, the first ones, is that going to be a formal Tesla event? Will there be invitations to the Tesla community? Will it be live-streamed? Elon did confirm that he will be there, so that's a big part of it. I mean, even if they don't invite the public in any way, because I presume this is going to take place, I guess I shouldn't presume, but I would guess this they're going to be delivered to Pepsi at Pepsi rather than at the Giga factory in Nevada. But maybe, I mean, most tip, Tesla launch events typically occur at Tesla's own facilities, but this is a bit of a different scenario because you have a you know, a, a multi-billion dollar client that's getting the first ones. And so I'm, I'm going to presume my, my guess would be that this is going to happen at one of Pepsi's facilities. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Is this going to be an event that we can watch and or potentially attend? I hope it is, because if it is, that would mean that Elon will make some remarks and maybe even we get a presentation on what the final capabilities are of the Tesla Semi. Anyway, back to Hardware 4. If you want to be one of the first people to get Hardware 4, the best way to do that, this is not a guarantee, but this is just how things are looking right now in my, uh, my best semi-professional opinion. The best way to be one of the first people to get Hardware 4 is to put in an order for a long-range Model X around December, maybe January since the delivery estimates for those are currently showing March to June, so you want to wait a little bit. Or maybe come May, so about six months from now, you put in an order for a new Model S, and then it would deliver, you know, 
it's it's a little tougher to time with the three and the and the Y. That's why I'm sort of specifically calling out the S and the X. I'm not advocating that you do that, that you spend a hundred plus thousand dollars just to be one of the first people to get hardware for. But I'm just saying if you really wanted to try and be one of the first people to get it, that would be the safest bet, would be to go S or X and to order, just time your order just right so that your order arrives maybe the beginning of July. Uh, Anyway, I cannot wait to find out more about what's in this new hardware suite because it's just going to, it's going to be a a major leap forward in terms of the processing overhead. The the ceiling of hardware four is going to be a heck of a lot higher than what we've got now in hardware three. So can't wait. Speaking of the Tesla semi, the event, the delivery event happening with Pepsi on December 1st, it has officially landed the green light to be delivered to customers, clearing its final bureaucratic hurdle. This story comes via Teslarati, who said, the EPA told Teslarati that the 2023 Tesla Semi has officially been granted a certificate of conformity, which was given to the manufacturer on September 29th. The certificate is valid until December 31st, 2023. The certificate allows the Tesla Semi to enter the stream of commerce, something Tesla had not gained from the agency in previous years after announcing imminent deliveries of the Tesla Semi in 2020 and 2021. In early October, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said Semi deliveries would begin on December 1st. After the company has claimed this twice in the past two years, some may have been skeptical that the truck would actually arrive in 2022. However, the EPA granting the semi a certificate of conformity means the vehicle can officially be sold, permission that the company had not gained previously. Again, uh, we're going to have to keep an eye out for this around the middle of next year with regard to the Cybertruck in terms of this the certificate of conformity. That's, that's going to be a, a big bureaucratic hurdle that has to be uh, that has to be cleared, but back to the Tesla Semi. Obviously, this is awesome news because this product is really, truly, finally launching after being announced five years ago. As I said a moment ago, I'm just so eager to learn more about the Tesla Semi's features, notably that autopilot system, because it we just have not heard anything about it in so long, but. I mean, remember, if you if you actually if you go back and watch the Tesla semi unveiling, there was some really neat stuff in that presentation, stuff like convoys and all sorts of other neat things with regard to autonomous semi truck operation. You should go take a look. If you haven't watched it in five years, go take a take a look at it again. It's uh, it's fun to revisit because you'll you'll remember a lot of stuff that you'd forgotten about. Now, speaking of the Cybertruck. The 9,000-ton IDRA-made Gigapress that's going to stamp out the Cybertruck's chassis is officially on its way to Giga Texas. This comes via Teslarati once again, who writes, In a post on LinkedIn, the IDRA group showed the new 9,000-ton Gigapress packaged and ready to be sent to Tesla's Giga Texas facility. The new press is a vital part of Tesla's production line as it will be used for producing the body panels and numerous other metal body components expected to be used within the Tesla Cybertruck. 
In the short post shared by the company's LinkedIn page, the 9,000-ton Gigapress is seen in a shipping box ready to be sent to Tesla's facility. Once the Gigapress arrives in Austin and is assembled, hopefully without significant troubles, Tesla should be very close to production readiness for their highly anticipated pickup truck. This lines up with information released at Tesla's most recent earnings call, in which the Tesla Cybertruck was labeled as entering the tooling phase. You heard me talk about that on the earnings call recap show last week, as of the time of the call. So, thanks, Tesla Roddy. And this now, of course, is such a critical component in the manufacturing of the Cybertruck. So, the sooner that this reaches Austin and gets installed, the sooner that Tesla can start using it to build release candidates a fleet of release candidate Cybertrucks. Although, now the thought occurs to me that maybe when Elon was told by his fellow Tesla executives on the earnings call last week that he would have his beta Cybertruck in a few weeks, maybe this is what that was in reference to. The Giga, this Gigapress being delivered and set up in order to facilitate the initial production of a test fleet. Maybe this beta fleet, whether that's going to be 10 Cybertrucks, 20, 100, or more, maybe those, I mean, presumably, those are going to be built using the Gigapress in order to get the chassis or any other components done in a production intent manner. But again, this is huge, literally, literally actually huge. And I'll tell you this. As someone who's had the distinct pleasure of touring the, uh, I was going to say Giga Fremont. No, the Fremont factory. It's going to be really amazing to see this 9,000 ton Giga Press at Giga Texas, if and when tours ever start happening there for the public. Because the body panel press that's in Fremont, and, and what I'm talking about here is the original one used that, at least back in the day, I don't know what they're using it for now, but back in the, the uh, early Model S days, it was, it was used to stamp out Model S body panels. Uh, not even, because now they've got the smaller Giga Presses that are doing single piece castings for the Model Y, but that original press uh, that, I, that I was just mentioning, it's a sight to behold when you do the factory tour in Fremont. It's like three or four stories tall, it stretches all the way up to the ceiling of the Fremont factory. And so this new 9,000 ton Gigapress is probably even more imposing and awesome to see installed in the factory. Hey, how about some more good news for the Model Y? The Model Y has topped new car registrations in all of Europe for the month of September. Reuters first reported this saying, Tesla Incorporated's Model Y topped new vehicle registrations in Europe last month, market research data showed, indicating that the midsize SUV from the world's most valuable automaker is fast becoming a vehicle of choice in the region. This is the first time that Tesla's sports utility vehicle has led the rankings in Europe, according to London-based Jado Dynamics as 29,367 Model Ys were registered last month, up 227% from last year. Super Mini Car Peugeot 208 was at the second spot, and Renault's Dacia Sandero came in third in the September rankings. Well, let me ask you a question. 
Are you getting bored of hearing these sales ranking stories? Because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I got to be honest. I love them still. I'm having a ball every time that, that the Model Y or any other Tesla tops the, the sales charts in some significant way. I love it because the Tesla team has toiled very long and very laboriously to get to this point. And quite frankly, they've earned it. They've earned it. The Model Y is a home run. It is arguably, and please Model Y owners, do not take offense to what I'm about to say, but the Model Y is arguably the most boring of the Tesla vehicles. And again, I only say that in context to the other three, or even four if you want to include the Cybertruck, but that's okay because it's a great product that fills a massive need in the most massive vehicle category, the SUV crossover market. The Model Y is quite simply a better value proposition and in many ways a better car than every other SUV. Is it better in every category? Certainly not. I'm sure there are other SUVs that have nicer interiors or this or that. But taken as a whole, which is what you have to do when you buy a car, obviously, you don't get to pick and choose pieces of cars and make your own Franken car. So when you're buying a car, the reality is the Model Y is a better buy than the other gas-powered options on the market, the SUV market, I mean. And, and the market says that it's a better buy than its EV competitors as well. And I think it comes down to five major categories, safety, fuel efficiency, total cost of ownership, technology, and performance. In those five key categories, the Model Y simply blows away all of its competitors. It's my opinion, but objectively, you can measure a lot of that stuff, and it's true. So congratulations to the entire Tesla team. And as I've said with these stories before, these, these Model Y sales stories in Europe, the arrow is pointing up for the Model Y in Europe because guess what? Production only continues to ramp up at Giga Berlin. This number one ranking for one month might soon become very normal. One month might turn into six months, or let's say a quarter, turn into three months, then six months, then a year. I mean, that's, that's where we're heading here. Now, finally this week, Tesla has been the subject of several recalls. Did you hear the large air quotes that I threw on that word? Tesla's been the subject of several recalls over the past couple of years, meaning over-the-air software updates. But now the company is facing an honest-to-goodness, old-fashioned recall on its smallest vehicle. No, not the Model 3. No, not the original Tesla Roadster. But I'm talking about the kids' cyber quad made by Radio Flyer. I saw this on Tesla Roddy, who wrote, Tesla's $1,900 ATV cyber quad for kids is being recalled by the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission due to violations of federal safety standards. The CPSC said the cyber quad, quote, fails to comply with the federal mandatory safety standard requirements for youth ATVs, including mechanical suspension and maximum tire pressure. The agency also said the vehicle does not have a, quote, 
CPSC approved ATV action plan, which is required to manufacture, import, sell, or distribute ATVs, end quote. Without this, it is questionable, questionable, pardon me, how it made it to the market to begin with. The SPSC details remedy instructions saying, quote, consumers should immediately stop using the recalled CyberQuad and contact Radio Flyer for a full refund. Customers can obtain a full refund by removing the product's motor controller and sending the controller back to Radio Flyer via a prepaid envelope. Removing the motor controller will permanently disable the CyberQuad. Radio Flyer is contacting all consumers directly. Directions on how to locate, remove, and return the motor controller can be found on the Radio Flyer recall website. The CPSC also indicated that Radio Flyer received notification of an incident where a 36-year-old woman was simultaneously riding the CyberQuad ATV for kids with an 8-year-old. The report states that, quote, the single rider CyberQuad tipped over when driven by an 8-year-old child and a 36-year-old adult female, resulting in a bruised left shoulder to the adult female, end quote. The vehicle was being improperly utilized by the adult, which likely resulted in injury as it is designed for kids and is not designed to equip two people. Well, this is really on Radio Flyer, I think, as much as it is Tesla, and maybe it's entirely on Radio Flyer because this is a business that Radio Flyer is in on a regular basis and Tesla isn't. Still, though, wherever the, regardless of wherever the blame falls, I have to say that while I'm all for kids' products being safe, of course, I'm the father of an 11-year-old, if this recall was really spurred on by one adult, let me emphasize one and adult, utilizing a kid's toy in an improper way and suffering a bruised shoulder, should we really be taking every single one of them off the market? I mean, I suppose that's up for debate depending on your perspective. There's a case to be made either way. But here's the part of the show where I date myself and sound like an old man yelling at a cloud. I am old enough to remember when I would barrel down the hill in my backyard in New Jersey in the 1980s in my rusty metal radio flyer wagon wearing nothing but my Oshkosh bagosh overalls and a big old smile. And I live to tell the tale. And that's my, that's my old man yelling at a cloud moment for this week. So whether you agree with the recall or not, it's happening. Uh, and by the way, if you're suddenly thinking, oh, well, this cyber quad for kids that I've got is now worth a bunch of money, I must, uh, I, am in, I uh, feel obliged to let you know it is actually illegal to sell a recalled product. So uh, I don't advise you attempt to do that. Anyway, um, I just thought th- that was, it, it's, it's not funny that this happened because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not making a joke at somebody being injured, but just the fact that we've been hearing about Tesla recalls for the last, you know, they happen every now and again on, on the cars, but the fact that it happened on a little toy Tesla to the, to the severe extent that they're all being completely recalled and dragged off the market is, uh, that part of it is a little funny to me. 
All right, that is the end of a busy week of Tesla news, but stick with me. I've got plenty more Ride the Lightning for you coming up, starting with your Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls right after this. Let me remind you about Accelerate Auto and their extended warranties for EVs here before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Uh, the response from all of you has been great, so the sponsorship rolls on. The $100 off discount code LIGHTNING, that's the code, remains available for you. So again, these guys are former Tesla guys who wanted to step in and offer an extended service agreement where Tesla no longer does. So things like MCU replacements, onboard computer systems for the three and the Y, door handles for the Model S, AC or HVAC issues, air suspension on the S and the X, all that and more are covered on their extended service plan once your factory warranty is up, as mine now is. Xcare is specifically built for EVs and offers coverage for up to 10 years, up to 175,000 miles, with a $100 deductible. Me, I've got a three-year, 40,000-mile extended warranty plan myself. They also offer leasing solutions for consumers and businesses that are looking for something a little more creative than the cookie-cutter approach from Tesla itself. In fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the term if you so choose. Learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget that discount code, which is again, lightning, forget for that uh, $100 off of your purchase. Okay, Ride the Lightning hotline time. I've got plenty of great calls from you guys queued up and ready to go. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I welcome you, I encourage you to call in and uh, have a chance to be featured on the show. You can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90-second or less question and call in with it. Leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number there is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off this week with Mark from Washington. Hi, Ryan. This is Mark calling from Wenatchee, Washington. I was wondering, with your experience owning a DeLorean with the upcoming Tesla Cybertruck coming out, uh, what your thoughts are on the ability to modify the stainless steel by using something like a blowtorch to add little flares of color, if you think that would be possible without damaging the structural integrity of the vehicle. Uh, anyhow, uh, just food for thought in uh, trying to come up with different ways one might customize their Cybertruck. Thanks. Um, you have the great work. Bye. 
Well, Mark, this is one Cybertruck topic I can definitely speak to with some expertise, even though I don't own a Cybertruck yet. Now, I've never heard of any DeLorean owners taking a blowtorch to their car's body, thank goodness. So I'm not sure you're gonna wanna do that. However, vinyl wraps will work. And there's one other thing that I'll mention, though I don't know if it ever formally came to market and if it didn't, if it, if it ever will. This is a little bit of a story, so just take a quick walk with me. Hanging in the showroom at the new DeLorean Motor Company in Humble, Texas, which services and restores DeLoreans, and that's where all the parts are. So they've got a DeLorean fender hanging on the wall in the showroom. And it's not just any fender. It is a test panel with something that DuPont was working on back in the early 80s but DeLorean Motor Company went under before DuPont had a chance to actually put it into practice, bring it to market. And that was a tinted clear coat for the stainless steel body panels that would have a color, but would also show the grain of the stainless steel through that clear coat. It's pretty cool. I can tell you that because I've seen it with my own eyes. So perhaps DuPont or someone else will see fit to revive this invention if it is not already something that exists in 2022. In fact, uh, if it does need to be brought back, if it's not something that's around right now, I think whoever is able to successfully introduce something like that to market probably stands to corner a okay niche but high ceiling market because I think a lot of Cybertruck owners would uh, would go for something like that. Anyway, Mark, I hope that helps. Thank you for your call. Mickey from Orange County is up next. Hi, Ryan. Mickey from Orange County, California here. Longtime listener. Appreciate everything that you do. I'm the owner of a 2018 Model 3 Long Range. I've got a sub-150,000 VIN and have enjoyed the last four years of electric motoring. So last November, uh, November 6th to be exact, we ordered our second Tesla, a Model Y long range. And the order was originally set to be delivered to us this past summer, but we moved across the country and the order subsequently got bumped back. I just received a text this morning and was told the anticipated delivery date is now in late October. So nearly a full year since the original order. But a couple things I wanted to point out with this. So first off, the VIN that was assigned to us, as I unfortunately expected, uh, is an F VIN, meaning the vehicle is coming to us from Fremont. We had purposefully held off the purchase until last November when Giga Austin was spun up, but it seems that the rumors of deliveries for Austin dedicated to the East Coast appear to be correct. So I'm sure the car will still be great, albeit not 4680 great. Secondly, shortly after receiving the text about the delivery of the vehicle, I received an email from Tesla titled Redeem Your Charging Solution. Uh, The email was short and said, prepare for your delivery. Uh, You may use the Tesla shop code below to put a $200 $200 uh, payment towards a Tesla wall connector, or you can use it for a mobile connector. And the car comes with a J1772 adapter, which can be used with third-party charging stations. And then this was followed by a code and an expiration date of next summer. I was initially pretty excited as I was actually hoping to be able to use that for other accessories such as the all-weather floor mats as I already have both mobile and wall connectors from the Model 3, but it does appear that the code is for charging solutions only. Just wanted to pass this along for those awaiting their new Tesla vehicles. Thanks again for everything you do for the Tesla community. 
Thank you for sharing your story, Mickey. And hopefully by the time you hear this, you have taken delivery of that new Model Y. I appreciate the heads up about the discount code on a charging solution of your choice. I'd be curious if that's an across the board thing or you got it because you placed your order so long ago, long before Tesla suddenly changed their policy of including a mobile connector with every car. I suspect it's the latter, but nevertheless, I am glad that they did right by you because that's the Tesla I know, the one that generally does the right thing by its customers. Drive that new Model Y in good health, Mickey. Thank you so much for calling in. Next up is Brad from Denver. Hey, Ryan, this is Brad from Denver, Colorado. I'm a longtime listener, really enjoy the podcast, and I'm proud to say I'm now a second-time Tesla owner. And I just had a good news, bad news story about my delivery. Um, I ordered a Model X uh, for, in case you're interested, it, it was white, has 22-inch wheels, long range, you know, with FSD. I ordered it in May, and at the time I was given a delivery window of about 10 or 11 months. So I sort of forgot about it and put it out of my mind. Um, and so the good news part of the story is I received a text in August that my VIN was assigned, so way earlier than I thought. And uh, for, for anyone who's currently waiting in line, maybe a small slimmer of hope that occasionally Tesla does deliver early. In my case, it was really early. Um, the, the other news was, um, the reason we ordered the X was that my family wanted more legroom, especially in the back. And they wanted a little bit better, uh, air control in the back seat, but we didn't have a chance to test drive or even sit in a model X because none of the dealerships around us carry them in the showroom. So I, I did ask the, 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 uh, sales center when I took delivery, if we could, test drive, if we could try the vehicle out, because quite honestly, that was kind of a deal breaker for me was, were my kids comfortable in the back and was the air going to be, you know, sufficient? It seems petty, but it's kind of a big deal when you have kids driving around all day. The uh, salesman basically said, no, you can't test drive. You can sit in the vehicle, but we can't let you drive it. And went and talked to the manager, got the same response. And as you know, the Model X is not cheap. So I um, eventually said, well, I can't take delivery until I can try this out. Their only solution was basically, they said, we'll hold the car for three days and you need to go figure out where you can rent one. So that is what I did, which, uh, you know, because I'm taking delivery on a 2022, it's a not a cheap rental. So I was out another 500 bucks, something like that, to just go experience the vehicle and truly get a chance to drive it. Uh, in the end, we loved it. We did go back and take delivery. But um, for a vehicle of that price, it felt a little bit like a bad taste to have to go on my own wherewithal, like find one, rent one, pay for it, et cetera. So anyway, uh, all in all, the story ends well, but I uh, just wanted to share that story and uh, appreciate all you do and keep up the great work. Thanks. Bye-bye. Brad, it's nice of you to call in with that story. I kept waiting for your delivery specialist to mention that you can return the car within three days, which I'd mentioned a couple shows ago after it reappeared on the Tesla.com homepage. Well, I just went back there just now and it's gone again. So perhaps that policy is no longer in effect again? Anyway, there really should be an S, an X, a 3, and a Y to test drive at every Tesla store. 
okay, I'll give them the end of the quarter when they want to sell everything off the lot, but that hassle that you went through could have been avoided, and quite honestly, should not have happened to you, especially when you're spending that much money on a car. I'm glad you're happy in the end, though, and enjoy that new Model X. Daryl from Houston is up next. Hey, Ryan. This is Daryl from Houston again. We just returned from our annual road trip to Wisconsin and thought you'd like an update on our Mid-America Supercharger experience. We took Sparky, my folks' Model Y, and visited friends and family in Chicago and around the state of Wisconsin. Four of the 18 sites we used were recently opened V3 sites. Last year, the new sites had filled in long gaps, which reduced the need to slow charge beyond 80%. This year, the new sites opened up new routes, such as the addition of Jonesboro, Arkansas, which made for a more direct route between Little Rock and Minor, Missouri. This trip was the first time we encountered a real-time supercharger rerouting. It occurred three times and was due to a storm knocking out power in Texarkana, a congested supercharger in Illinois, and range-reducing rainfall in Missouri. In prior years, we'd have been prompted to drive slower because there wouldn't have been another supercharger within range to reroute to. I'm sure this is a common experience for people in states like California, but for us it was a pleasant surprise. Lastly, six of the sites were located at grocery stores. When I first encountered a supercharger at a grocery store, I thought that was an odd location. But after seeing people push full shopping carts back to their Teslas, I realized that charging while buying your groceries was a great solution for EV owners without charging at home. I hope you find this informative. Have a great day. Daryl, I appreciate your call. In fact, I really do, because it is a good real-world, real-time bit of evidence about how the supercharger network is getting better everywhere in America, not just in California. It sounds like your trip was tangibly better slash easier from a logistics perspective and better translates to less stressful because you didn't have to have the car yelling at you to drive slower so that you'd make it to the next charger. Thanks for calling in with that. Uh, We've got Derek up next. Hey, Ryan, this is Derek. I called a couple weeks back and I guess you couldn't hear me, but yeah, I was calling for a couple things. Um, first thing, quick thing, suggestion. I was thinking of having some sort of phone privacy mode if the seat sensors detect someone's in the other seat that it won't display your text messages on screen or I guess maybe phone calls are muted. Just the thoughts could be kind of nice. Right now I disable text while I'm driving because I don't like the idea that my passengers can see that stuff. Um, maybe I'm just too private. I don't know. The other thing, um, this was what I called for last time, was I recently switched over to Tesla Insurance. What I find is all the cars, automatic start stops and emergency braking, things that the car does, not me, is reflective in my premium. So I'm getting charged more money because the car is reacting uh, negatively in a weird way that I'm not doing. So it's kind of, I don't know, I'm thinking about going away from the Tesla insurance because <laughs> they're the ones that are making my premium go up, not me. So just a thought. I don't know if anyone else has that uh, as well. Love to hear uh, if that's a problem for anyone else. 
All right. Thanks, Ryan. Derek, thank you for your call. You came through loud and clear there. First of all, uh, I love your idea for an optional phone privacy mode that, if enabled, would not display your text on the screen. And maybe if a call came in and it would just show the number instead of the name of the person. So I completely understand and respect your privacy concerns. I'm honestly the same way. I'm very much the same way. So if the Tesla team is listening, I hope they add this to their list of features to implement at some point in the future. Now, second, regarding your experience with Tesla insurance, I have to admit that I'm scratching my head on this one because that seems completely backwards and counterintuitive to what Tesla is trying to emphasize, which is safety through autopilot assisted driving. I welcome anybody else to call in if they've either had a corroborating experience or the opposite one. That just does not add up to me on the Tesla side of things. Thanks, Derek. Thanks to everybody who took the time to call in. I'm going to call it right there for this segment because the show is getting pretty long here. But keep your calls coming. I gave you the dial-in information at the top of this segment. And stick with me. I will be right back. I'm going to tell you about my trip to TeslaCon in Florida. I'll give you a pro tip of the week and more coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. TeslaCon Florida was a real blast. My talk seemed to go over pretty well, and I have to admit I was nervous if it was going to because other speakers gave informative presentations. Some of them had charts, some of them had numbers, but I would I just told the story, and it's the story of, which I guess if you've heard episode one, it's that story. It's how I got into Tesla with the DeLorean Club event that uh, with Tesla in their original Bay Area showroom in Menlo Park and getting to drive the original Roadster after and then falling all the way down the Tesla rabbit hole after. But I had dug up uh, a bunch of old pictures from that day, and so I at least had a slideshow to go with it. People seemed to enjoy it, so I, I, hope, I hope people had a good time. But I definitely did. I had a wonderful, wonderful time. And I met some listeners uh, that are already out there, those of you who have who've been calling in, listening for a while, and hopefully I've made a few new listeners as well. If this is your first episode, if you met me at TeslaCon Florida, I want to sincerely tell you, thank you for giving this podcast a try. I really do sincerely appreciate that. I want to say thank you to Nick Howe and the Tesla Owners Florida leadership team that put the event together. And again, it was great to meet some of you in person. Bob from Austin, who's been a regular caller for quite a while. Maximum Plaid tier backers Kim Bay and James Gregory got to meet them. I met Andrew in Orlando, who in fact, Andrew was part of the team that put the event together. And Andrew very kindly picked me up from the airport in his gorgeous 2021 Refresh Model S with a beautiful uh, film. He had a not just paint protection film. I forget the actual name of it, but it's, a, it's the latest generation PPF that actually basically combines a wrap and a film. It's not vinyl, it's PPF, but it, it had like this cool color shifting, blue purple, sparkly metallic look. The car was beautiful uh, and it was uh, great to spend some time chatting with Andrew on that ride from the airport over to the hotel. So uh, forgive me if there were 
others of you that I that I forgot to mention, but got to meet a lot of people, had a great time, and I'm just very grateful to have gotten to attend that. That was that was a good time. My entertainment recommendation for this week. Pardon me if I've mentioned this one before. The season's still going, but boy, Star Wars Andor, if I have not mentioned it before, it is my favorite Star Wars thing aside from The Mandalorian in the the sort of modern era of Star Wars since Disney took it over. It is a fantastic show, and I'm having a ball watching it. So if you've got Disney Plus and you're thinking, ah, do I really want to watch another Star Wars show? This one is excellent. I, I do highly recommend it. For a pro tip of the week this week, coincidentally, it is Bob from Austin. And I will say Bob called in with this before TeslaCon Florida. And I had him in the notes for this week. And it just so happened I got to meet him. So here is Bob from Austin with this week's pro tip of the week. Hi, Ryan. It's Bob from Austin. I have a tip for anyone trading in their Tesla to Tesla for a new car. I recently traded in my 2016 Model S to Tesla for my new Model Y. Talk about mixed emotions. We do love our new car, though. Anyway, when I arrived for delivery, I told them I was there and said I'd go out and do a factory reset on the car so all of my personal information would be wiped. I went out, and they had already taken it off my account, so I couldn't do that. The delivery specialist assured me they would do it for me. Well, as you might guess, they did not. They sent my car to auction, and I saw it a couple of weeks later advertised by a used car dealer with photographs of the screen complete with my car name, radio presets, etc. That means my home address in the NAV, my browser favorites, and history with websites that I have passwords for, and my Netflix and Hulu accounts were all enabled. I immediately changed all the passwords, and I hope the purchaser doesn't make use of my home location. I texted Tesla using the delivery text thread to complain, and to my surprise, they actually responded to my text. They apologized, said they would notify the delivery team that they should keep their word when they say they will reset the car. So a warning to all, when you trade your Tesla to anyone, including Tesla, make sure you do a factory reset before any possibility that it will be removed from your account. I relied on Tesla to do that, and I should not have. I think all is well now, but it's a good warning for everyone. Thank you. Bob, I am very sorry to hear that this happened to you because that is both frustrating on the Tesla side and stressful on the personal privacy side. You seem quite calm about it in your call. Uh, I have to admit, if that was me, I'd be pretty upset. In any case, though, this is an excellent suggestion to everybody out there for whenever the time comes that they part with their Tesla. On the plus side, though, Bob, Congratulations on that new Model Y. Before I go, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can perhaps be of use to you. I'll start with abstractocean.com, makers of many a fine aftermarket accessory for all four Teslas currently in production. Whether it's an interior lighting kit of some kind, whether it's the tempered glass screen protector that's made of the same Corning glass, excuse me, the same Gorilla Glass that Corning uses uh, for their phone screen protectors. They've got a ton of great stuff. Check it out, sort by car, just pick whichever car you have, see what they've got, add it all into your online shopping cart, and then when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout, get that 15% off of your first order. That's a very kind offer. I'm very grateful to Abstract Ocean 
for continuing to offer that to my audience. Next up, you've got the snap plate, which you can get at everyamp.com slash RTL. This is the license plate, the front license plate that I highly recommend if that is something that you legally need to have or just voluntarily choose to have. It snaps on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it is secure. It does not interfere with anything on the car, including the paint. So it's, it is just a nice minimalist design. You can take it off for car shows or while you're detailing your car, put it back on if you're at a parking meter so you don't get a parking ticket, put it back on for toll roads, bridges, that kind of thing. So everyamp.com slash RTL is the website for that. It's available for all four Teslas. Grab that. Now, budgetsafesolar.com. I'll give you the update from me and my solar project with them. Almost to the finish line, I hope. It seems like it. We had an inspection, which we failed because the installers put, there is a, a manual AC disconnect switch that the inspector said needed to be on the outside of the house. The installers had put it on the inside wall of the garage. So they moved it, but the installer had already, you know, he doesn't stick around. He took off. So hopefully this coming week, we're going to get another inspection and then hopefully we'll pass and be online. That is the hope. So it's going well. Uh, the process has been good with Budget Safe Solar. They've been very responsive. They, again, they've, they've given us, they've, they've really tailored a system to our home and our needs. We've got 100, uh, 103%, 104% offset is what we're projected for. So I've been happy with it. It hasn't gone completely smoothly. Again, I've been totally honest with you along the way. Uh, but we're getting there and I feel good about it. I don't, I have no regrets so far. And so I will just say to you, if you are considering solar, you're definitely going to consider Tesla. Of course I did. It didn't work out for me with Tesla and maybe it will for you, but maybe just give budgetsafesolar.com a look. And if you do end up proceeding with a solar installation for your home or business, just please use the referral code RTL. And again, the website, very simply, budgetsafesolar.com. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, an amazing detailer, will take such good care of you and your car as they have with mine. There is a nice little discount waiting for you if you book in any work, whether it's maybe some paint correction to, to make your paint look as good as it possibly can. Maybe it's paint protection film on the front of the car or all the car or most of the car. Maybe it's uh, ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years because ceramic coating is basically just a super wax that lasts for three to five years or so. If you're going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, get your car over to Immaculate Reflections. The website, the way to contact Jeff at Immaculate Reflections is through the site, which is irdetailing.com. Mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and that discount will be waiting for you. Meanwhile, uh, again, puretesla.com slash RTL. That's your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. Grab the 128 gigabyte kit for $49, shipped free anywhere in the US, or 69 bucks for the 256 gigabyte kit if you'd rather step up to that. They also sell that really cool, slim, like low profile, nice 
uh, wireless game controller kit if you do a lot of game playing in your Tesla through the car's MCU, of course. The whole setup works with Mac or PC. Again, free shipping anywhere in the U.S., but otherwise, if, if you're not in the U.S., they will still ship to you just at a you know modest shipping fee. Go to puretesla.com slash RTL. Finally, the Patreon. I mentioned that at the top. I won't linger on this. I'll just mention it again. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is the primary way through which you can choose to support the podcast, which at some point, maybe it's today, maybe it's next week, I hope that I earn your support because that is, it is earned, it is not given, uh, it is not, you know, something to be taken lightly. I do appreciate everybody who kindly backs me on Patreon because that is how this podcast keep, uh, keeps right on rolling. So patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The support tiers start at just five bucks a month. And even at that tier, you're getting a perk, which is early access. Then the $10 a month tier is that ludicrous mode tier, which has the early access and that weekly lightning round bonus mini episode that I mentioned at the top of the show. If you are not already following the podcast on your favorite podcast service or subscribing, depending on what your podcast service calls it, you can do that for free on any of the big ones, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. Uh, I'm also on YouTube, just in audio-only format, but if that's just a convenient place for you to listen to the podcast, feel free to do so. I actually have a YouTube URL now. It's they, they rolled out a program where they let creators actually customize their URL, so my YouTube website now is, or my YouTube URL, I should say, is youtube.com slash at sign. So youtube.com slash at Tesla podcast. Uh, so do check that out if the YouTube option is convenient for you. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or both DMC underscore Ryan. That's my handle on each of those. You can email me anytime. The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And with that, let me say hello and thank you to the Patreon backers at the highest tiers. I'll start with the Roadster in Space tier backers. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacaveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Carol Weston. Next, the Maximum Plaid tier backers, who, uh, in addition to several other perks, get a monthly group Zoom hangout where all the oh, we can all get together, chat about all things Tesla. In fact, I'm now reminding myself that this is the last weekend of October, which means Next weekend, the first weekend of November, is when our next Zoom Hangout's going to be. So I will send out those invites and emails to all of the eligible people for that next weekend. I'll remind you, the Maximum Plaid tier backers get invited every month, but anyone who either joins the Patreon or upgrades their pledge, if you're an existing backer, gets a one-time thank you slash welcome invite to that group Zoom hangout. So I'll send that out this weekend. But the maximum plaid tier backers are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, 
Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, and James Gregory. And then the grandfathered-in Plaid-level supporters who continue to support at that tier, even though it's not really officially one of the tiers anymore. So I grandfather them in on all the benefits, of course, because they're very kind and generous people. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thanks to all of you who are very generously contributing to my Patreon to help keep the podcast rolling. With that, we've come to the end of Ride the Lightning episode 378. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I love it when I have topics that I'm extra passionate about. I, I try to bring the enthusiasm every week because I have to, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't enthusiastic about it, but boy, those two new paint colors, again, if you haven't looked at them yet, the pictures, obviously, pictures, videos, all we've got for now, you gotta take a look at them because it's just so refreshing to see new paint colors after all these years of having the same five paint colors, that Midnight Cherry Red and that Quicksilver. Bravo to the Tesla design team on those colors. All right, enough from me. This was Ride the Lightning episode 378. Happy electric motoring, my friends. I will see you back here, same time as always, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, every Sunday. Happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.